everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Recovery Scene. My name is Leslie. I'm your host. Make sure to hit that subscribe and that like button. Tonight, we've got something really, really cool. Uh, it is a round table. I have never, ever been uh, on one of these before, nor have I facilitated one. So this should be really cool. And it's going to be really easy because I have some awesome people on here. Uh, Mike, Nicole, Sal, and Aaron have all been kind enough to come on here. And we're going to start talking about a, uh, I guess, a really hot, touchy subject right now, um, especially going around uh, Facebook, or not Facebook, uh, TikTok. So it's if you are on MAT, medically assisted treatment, and I'm, you know what, I was going to have Mike go first, but I think I'm actually going to have Nicole go first because what I would like is for Nicole to explain to people what MAT is and what it entails, and then we'll move on to our questions if everybody's cool with that. All right, so Nicole, could you just give us, you know, I'm sorry to be like, oh, by the way, you're first, but could you kind of give us a uh, rundown of what MAT is? MAT is medication assisted treatment, and the type of medication-assisted treatment that I utilize is Suboxone. Um, I think it's really important to say that medication-assisted treatment is not just taking Suboxone. Medication-assisted treatment is wraparound treatment. So you're going to be on your medication. You're going to be involved in some kind of recovery support program and counseling or therapy. So it has to be all those things combined. Um, and that's the way the clinic that I um, enrolled in when I got on Suboxone operates. And if you're going and you got a solid doctor, that's the way it needs to be because just taking a medication isn't going to change anything. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I've done that many a times, tried to change medications when I was in my active addiction and, uh, oh, well, I'm not going to take Xanax. I'm just going to take um, hydrocodone. And I just shifted my addiction. And that's what I hear a lot of people say. They'll say, well, Nicole isn't taking medication-assisted treatment, just um, just changing addictions, right? And so that's why I think it's important to differentiate. Like medication-assisted treatment is a wraparound treatment, medication, therapy, and some kind of recovery support program. That's right. That's right. Okay, so our first question that we've gotten a lot from TikTok, and Mike, I'm going to have you speak on it first. Can you attend, speak at, and or host, run an NA meeting, a Narcotics Anonymous meeting, if you are on MAT? Okay, so my personal experience, I say yes, but first of all, first and foremost, yes. Um, my explanation, so I've worked an NA program. Um, right now, I, I, I work with a different fellowship um, however, um, and I have personal experience with MAT myself, um, and, and just to quickly just explain how it worked for me, um, it didn't work for me, but that's just me. Like, um, you know, Nicole talked about what the program offers of, of clinics and things like that. However, see, I didn't do that. I never changed the behaviors behind, um, behind my addiction and who I truly was. <clears throat> so it was still manipulation. I was, I was, you know trying to maintain doing other things, still giving dirty urines for other things in the clinic. Like I didn't utilize it as a tool. It was a complete crutch. 
um, you know, in that sense. So I look back and I, of course I know why it didn't work. Like I never addressed, you know, the therapy, the, the actual IOP program. I simply went to get medicated and left and that was it. Uh, that's all it was to me was medication in the hopes that it would be like some kind of miracle drug, but I'm still that same asshole. If I put down a bottle or put down a needle and, and I don't work on myself, I'm still that same guy uh, with the same behaviors, you know, same, same, same person. So, um, but I think <clears throat> if it's used as a tool and, you know, hopefully, hopefully your goal would be in the long run, abstinence in the long run, you know, if that doesn't work out, you know, so be it, whatever gets you another day. Like my overall look at, like, I, I'm not judgmental whatsoever towards MAT because I've done Suboxone for two years. I was on a methadone maintenance program for five years uh, and I failed miserably because I still never gave myself to an actual program with it, whether that be just therapy, which I didn't do any of. I didn't speak in, 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 in the groups that we had in IOP. Um, I wasn't working a fellowship. Um, you know, I just simply took the medication and that was it. So nothing changed. But um, like I said, I'm not judgmental whatsoever about any, any MAT, um, as long as you use it the way it should be used. You know what I mean? And, and even when I started using these things, I, I was very manipulative. So I manipulated the doctors like it's not holding me. It's not enough because I still wanted that euphoria. I still wanted the sense of being high from taking that medication. So I just kept up and up and up in my doses. Um, which just leads right back to because I wasn't working on myself and, and, and saying like, okay, I surrender to drugs and alcohol completely. Let me work a program for, for a year or so while I take this to build a foundation and then taper myself off of that and hopefully one day, one day wake up and be abstinent. Um, you know, because just for me, abstinence is, is, is just what works for me. Um, you know, but that's also when I finally gave myself to an actual 12 step program, um, which also isn't everybody's, you know, cup of tea or certain road to recovery. Everybody's unique, I think, for sure. But as long, you know, I don't see, you know, and, and there's definitely a lot of hatred, a lot of and it's just opinions is all it is. Like everybody's got an opinion, you know, and some stink. Period. Like, I'm sorry, but if you're taking my inventory, like you should probably look in the mirror. Any, anybody pointing a finger is three pointing back, period. So, like, I feel like even in the rooms of, of and I go to and, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in meetings. And, um, you know, if if someone says you can't be here because because, listen, at the end of the day, the only the only thing we need to participate and, and be a part of these fellowships is the willingness to stop. Uh, whether even if you come in high on drugs. Like, as long as you have the willingness, you're welcome, period, at the end of the day. So I think whoever says you can't do this or can't, cannot do that, like, if you're not robbing anyone anymore, you're not stealing, you're not hurting your family, you know, you're living a productive life, you're, you're a stand-up citizen, you're working, you're taking care of your kids, you're doing all these things, just be, and, and that's what helped you get there, more power to you. Like, keep going, like, whatever gets you that next 24 and right. we, like, if people want to be judgmental and do that, then, um, you know, I, I, listen, I, I, I don't sit that high. It's not my place to judge anyone. Um, you know, there's, a, there's one ultimate authority to me and, uh, you know, he's not of this world. So um, I think people are just, uh, you know, judgmental and based off like, okay, if it works for you, all right, that they don't take it, well, good for you. But like some people are, you know, what we would call chronic relapsers or like habitual offenders. That, that tried and tried and tried and got, you know, seven days, 14 days, you know, 30 times and just can't get it. And if that's what they need as a foundation to move forward, God bless you. Exactly. Like, exactly. You know, like Thanks, more Mark. power to, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Aaron, I wanted to move to you because um, I believe you are 
in the NA fellowship. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. <clears throat> That's correct. Okay. So I wanted you to kind of, I wanted you to speak on that, but I also wanted to talk about what the NA literature says about being on medication under the supervision of a doctor, the way Nicole was describing. Um, so yes, it does say if you're under the supervision of a doctor, then you're good. However, they are actually in the process of writing something new, the world foundation um for na are, is in the process right now like as we speak writing something up about matt um that i've heard from many people um how do you feel about that i'm cool with it i mean i was on we were talking about this i was on vivitrol for four months that is matt um i decided to stop taking it but that was just my decision i mean um i would have had no problem going back to it if i needed it um, but for me, I didn't need it anymore. I felt like I didn't need it anymore and I haven't needed it. However, who am I to tell somebody what they need? First of all, second of all, um, you know, I run an NA meeting at night, nightly. And like I said, we're going to start having people who are on mat come in. I think it's important. I think it's important for people to hear other people on it and their experiences, especially for newcomers who are on it. Um, but exactly what Mike said, if somebody told me that I was not clean because I was taking Vivitrol, I would love for somebody to tell me I had to change my clean date. Not happening. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, taking it as prescribed. I think taking it as prescribed as, you know, there's always ways around every single thing to go ahead and abuse anything that you want. You, there's ways around it. You can Absolutely. abuse whatever. Um, but if you're taking it the way it's prescribed by a doctor, I see absolutely zero issue with it. And if it's keeping you from putting a needle in your arm, a pipe to your lip, a, a glass to your, whatever, then by all means, do what you got to do to stay, you know, having a good life and being able to do the things you weren't able to do before. Right. Now, what is NA, um, what are they trying to change? What are they thinking they're going to write about? I don't know the full details, but I do know somebody who is, you know, in intertwined with that, with the World Foundation, I think that's how it's called, whatever. But <laughs> regardless, <laughs> he knows and he's very, very knowledgeable on these things. And he, you know, spoke to me actually not too long ago, a few days ago about this and how um, they are right now writing something into it. So there will be some kind of revision to it with Matt. To accept Matt or? Yes, 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 yep. Yeah, because I mean, it is it, more and more and more as the science of recovery continues to evolve, I, we are going to see more and more and more people on mat, you know, yes. and harm reduction. And, you know, even if we hate it, Cali sober, I mean, it's just, it's going to happen, you know, especially now. Thank you, Demi Lovato. Um, anyway, so yeah, yeah, that's very, yeah, very well said. So I'm going to move to Sal. Um, cause you haven't chimed in yet. You're not, you're not getting out of this, Sal. <laughs> yeah. What do you think? What do you think about Matt? I fully support it. hundred percent. Um, I too, 
uh, am very similar to Mike and his experience um, with Matt. I used it as a crutch and not a tool. Um, I'm a substituter and I'm a chronic substituter. So if one substance was not either producing what I wanted it to do or it had produced too much, I would move on to the next substance and always had alcohol along the lines the whole way. And um, so I went from taking, you know, massive amounts of um, oxycodones to going right into subs because I wanted to stop. And I saw people doing this in the, uh, you know, in, in late 2012, early 2013. And my experience was, is that I started using Suboxone and I stopped drinking. But then because I'm an addict, like I just one day woke up and decided to, to use other drugs because um, I'm a substitutor. But, you know, as far as Matt is concerned, I fully support it. Um, I do, you know, like Nicole had mentioned earlier, some people are, are going to be on Matt, you know, for the rest of their lives. But, hey, they're not dying from medically assisted treatment. They're living. There you are. Right. And, and so um, I believe that, you know, people get, get sober to, to add life to their days. And I believe that Matt helps add life to their days because they're not dying from their DOC. And, you know, <laughs> and if they're not dying, then that's a great thing, right? Because exactly. they're living. And, yeah. <laughs> and, and so it, it, and for me, my personal experience, I, I was taught in, I, you know, I work in AA program. Um, my elders in, in my home group, you know, said, you know, try to purely abstain. But they never, now I will say, I, I went, when I first went into the rooms, like I talked about drugs in an AA meeting and I was almost like kicked out because I over talked and I was, I was a mess. But, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> A lot of people that I'm, I'm affiliated with in my area are, are old timers and there's a lot of young people that purely abstain, but that's their story and that's my story. But I also talk to a lot of people that are on that and they're living. And that's my point is that people on that are living. I support them. And, um, you know, maybe one day they don't want to be on it. And I, and I obviously fully support that as well. I think the goal is to kind of climb up that mountain, you know, Right. Right. That's my take on it. Thank you, Sal. I'm going to head back over to Nicole and I want to ask you to to start, you know, and you are the best person to start being that you are in the program. Um, How often, whether it's in real life or TikTok or whatever it is, do you deal with you're not clean? You're not clean. Oh my God. All the time. (laughs) <laughs> all the time. That's why I started uh, telling my story. It was uh, a year after I had a year sober because my sponsor, of course, I asked her when I could share and she said, you need to wait till you have a year because you ain't got nothing to say. And so I listened to what she said. And in 2016, I started sharing my story on Facebook. And you would have thought that I was like, it, you would have thought I was little Nas sliding down the strip of pole to hell because everybody was like, gasp, 
she's saying she's in recovery on Suboxone. Clutch my pearls. Yes, they were clutching their pearls, girl. And I was like, that was my truth. And I've always been somebody who's not going to lie about it. And here's the thing. I know in my heart of hearts that I'm doing the right thing. I'm taking my medication as prescribed. I'm active in a recovery program. I'm helping others. And when it comes down to it, like we have to be honest in, with ourselves. There's people out there, they know in their hearts if they're taking their Suboxone or their Methadone and they're abusing it. You know what I mean? And the only person that we're hurting when we do that is ourselves. We're just holding ourselves back. But yeah, I've experienced it a million trillion times every single day on my TikTok. I get a comment from somebody who doesn't know that I've that I've been involved in a 12-step program and worked the 12 steps. They don't know that I work um, in recovery in the treatment industry, you know, they don't, and they think that I'm just, it's like they just judge before they get the whole story. And I promise you guys, if I could have gotten sober through abstinence, I would have, I tried for over 10 years. I was in and out of treatment. I ended up losing custody of my son and that was the thing that brought me to my knees and I knew I needed to change something up and do something different and that is why I tried Suboxone but I was so against it because of what I had been taught for so long about it not being recovery and and that kept me from getting on Suboxone and getting on MAT earlier which could have saved my life and I'm I might have never even lost custody of my son if I had actually gave, given it a try early. And so that's what I want people to understand that are saying these things is that they're deterring people from life-saving treatment. Mm. You know, what about the moms out there that are like, well, everybody else says Suboxone or Methadone are, are bad and they're addicting, so I'm not going to do that. And they are trying, just like I was, to get sober, get sober, get sober, and not succeeding. And then they die, and their kids have no mom. Or and or they're, they're somebody's daughter, and they, you know, like, that's what I don't think people understand, that our words carry so much weight, especially when we're in recovery and people are looking up to us, because they're hearing us. That's why I try to be so careful when I talk about things. I just don't want to be the person who planted a seed in someone's mind to not try and get help if they need it. You know what I mean? So I try to be really open-minded, but I get, I get judgment all the time. I'm used to it by now though. Well, you said something really powerful and, um, you know, if you're not a Christian, it's cool, but I know that a couple of us are, and it does say the power of life and death is in the tongue. And I, it really, I, it doesn't matter if you're a Christian or not, because words have weight, words have power, and you can hurt somebody so much more with your words than your fists, because, you know, you hit somebody, that heals, but the scarring of being bullied, of people saying hurtful things, those things stay, you know, they affect who we are inside and so yeah as people who are in recovery we have to be very careful what we say and and how we say you know like your mama says it's not what you say it's how you say it you know so i'm i'm gonna go to mike um so what do you think about when people are coming at people you know like nicole who, I mean, clearly has a head on her shoulders. Clearly, I mean, she's working for Dr. B. She has a podcast. 
she's obviously living her best life. Actually, I don't think she is. I think there's best is yet to come. She's going places. We, I think we all know this. <laughs> so what do you think when you hear stuff like that being said to her? Um, yeah, first of all, the best is still yet to come, by the way, for everybody. Also, mm -hmm. everyone in here, without a doubt. Uh, there's no question about that. Um, and just to quickly just go back about what you said. Yeah, our, listen, our mouths are, are a creative weapon uh, and they are not. It is not intended to be used for judgment, negativity uh, and, and all these things. Words are definitely powerful for sure. And it's definitely the way you see the way you say things, not necessarily what you say. Um, but yeah, like all, listen, all the naysayers, like all the, all those people that, 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 that want to judge and, and say, like, honestly, I feel like, like, what, well, like what Nicole's doing, how she said, how she's living her life, like she's doing what, what she needs to be doing, um, you know, to be, live this productive life she has and gain the things she back, she has and everything. And it's funny because a lot of the people that make these judgments and say all these things clearly are not very working their own program very thoroughly if they have something to say about it. Um, you know, it just goes to show you, I, I like, I know people that are on MET just, you know, just like, you know, just like Nicole said, and they clearly are doing the right things. And, and it's about their walk, you know, not what they're talking about, like the way that they walk in their recovery. And I find sometimes these people are stronger in their recovery than some people that are abstinent. Um, you know, I just don't think anybody should judge. Is it going to continue to happen? Absolutely. No question. Um, but like, then you know obviously nicole has thick skin she's used to it she's <laughs> she's used to being you know hearing that and it's and it sucks um but you know it's like and then you just got to try to not hold resentment towards these people and and forgive them for what they say because at the end of the day you can only wish for them what you hope upon yourself um and 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 just real quick just to go back about um you know mat period like when i when i got clean and sober there wasn't vivitrol or uh sublicade it was the pills you know it was it was the pills of of, of suboxone um and subutex um you know there's also the vivitrol and the sublicate so like it, for me it was a behavior change i had to make i had to change everything but it started with my behavior so if i you know maybe back then if Sublicade was available or Vivitrol was available to me um, and I was able to take that just once a month um, and instead of, because for me, I had to wake up and put something in, like I had to, no matter what it was. So like that attitude I had to change. Um, like, so I, and I, I recommend that to people sometimes because, you know, I've worked inpatient, uh, I've been a residential counselor and a recovery coach with people in outpatient programs, stuff like that, uh, you know, and they asked me, you know, should I get on it? So I said, well, look, let's try to change the behavior behind waking up and needed to take something, you know, like if you truly, truly want to do this, why don't we just take the doctor for, for one shot a month? Um, because if I was, you know, possibly who knows, God knows if, if maybe back then I was able to just get a shot once a month, instead of relying on waking up and taking something out of prescription bottle, which was one of my problems all along um, and stayed in that same mindset and behavior, things might've been different, you know? Um, so, yeah, I mean, those options are there. So, like, people don't always have to think, oh, I got to take this. Like, no, you don't. There's other options. Like, explore your options. See what best suits your needs. As long as your focus is on actually working it uh, and just simply as uh, a tool with the rest of the things that you, that you need to do, you know, recovery-wise, um, you know, explore your options. Talk to your doctor. And, uh, yeah, so that's. All right. Yes.
Yes, absolutely. I'm going to move to you, Erin, and I'm going to go a little bit of a different direction. Um, you have a little over six months. Yes. Yes. Okay. First of all, <laughs> thank you. But you know, as 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 the youngest, <laughs> um, if somebody. You know, I know you're not on MAT, but you know, you have the viewpoint of somebody who came off of a hell of an addiction. And by the way, every single person on here, their stories are on the podcast and they all have some powerful, amazing stories of addiction recovery. So, you know, Aaron, you came off this, you know, you fought addiction for, or you were in addiction, I guess, for a long time and fought to get out of it. You know, and as somebody who's worked their ass off for six months, how would it affect you still being fairly new if it was you and, and somebody was discouraging your recovery? I mean, I think it would, you know, the people who have been in recovery longer, we might have a little bit of a thicker skin, you know, but people in early recovery, I don't know about anybody else, but I was sensitive. <laughs> like, I'm Yes, all the emotions, girl, feeling all those feels that we did not feel for so long because we did not want to feel them. Right. They're all coming up. But no, I 100% agree. Um, it makes people second guess what they're doing. 100%. Um, I've actually had, you know, there's a lot of young, young in recovery people that, um, that I speak to. And I've had a few actually say, am I doing this right? Am I doing what I'm supposed to? Like somebody was talking, I I think she was off of everything. And, um, someone was talking about, I can't even remember what it was, but she questioned, you know, she questioned, am I doing this right? And it put her into a full blown seizure on my zoom meeting. Um, it, it just, I don't think it's right for anybody to tell anybody what to do, because as we say, everybody's recovery looks different. There's so many things that I did. Um, I did, I did a sub, I did a sub suboxone taper at first to help get off of it. I couldn't, I am a weenie. I cannot just go, go cold Turkey. Hell no, I'm not doing it. Ain't happening. Cause I'm going right back to it. Um, cause I don't want to feel like that, but I needed that. And that's what worked for me. That may not work for somebody else, but what works for me is not always going to work. Everybody's is different. You know, I don't believe that it, it should matter to me what somebody else is doing to keep themselves clean. They're fucking staying clean. Excuse me. They're staying clean. <laughs> you know, right. Right. um, I don't think anybody should tell anybody what to do. Nobody should come for anybody else. We're all supposed to be doing this together and lifting people up instead of tearing people down. And just because NA, the NA way abstinence works for me, that's just what works for me right now. That's not what works for half the people in here. Mine doesn't look like everybody else's in here and yours doesn't look like mine. And it's never going, there's never really going to be a time where we have too many people in the same spot. It's just not going to work like that. Right. Um, but absolutely, the emotions are freaking high. They're all over the damn place. You're crying one minute. You're happy one minute. You're insane one minute. 
and somebody telling you something crazy. I know somebody told me one time to just go overdose. Like, really? You're kidding me? Like, who says shit like that? Like, right. It is, it's, it's, it's disgusting. It's disgusting. And we shouldn't be, we shouldn't be judging anybody else. If that's how you get clean, have at it. And we live I don't care. right now with a lot of keyboard warriors who are very brave behind a screen. I'm gonna you tell know, you what, I am five foot section. nothing. I would love to see them say that shit to my face. Then we right. really, okay. Right. It's like, I was, you know, you could take one look at me and be like, yeah, she was never that gangsta drug user. Like, I just wasn't, right? I was the little, the little girlfriend, you know, from, from the, the suburbs sending the boyfriend, you know, sitting in the car in the middle you know, of the Don't Detroit. I look innocent? I you know, innocent, like, I? I hope nobody looks at me, you know, <laughs> but it's like, you would not talk crap to half the people that, you know, are in recovery. I wouldn't talk crap to half the people. I might get a little bit of a pass being that I was an addict, even if I was like you said, even if I was a weenie one, you know, the silver spoon kid who, you know, got into addiction. But um, yeah, you know, I would not come at these people and neither would half the people, you know, if anybody's watching on TikTok or Facebook and they've had to deal with this, just remember, it's a keyboard warrior. It's a troll. Half of them would not say it to your face. Yeah. yeah. In the beginning for me, like you said, like I wanted to fight at, back at everybody. I mm -hmm. wanted to defend myself, defend myself, defend myself. And then I'm just like, for what? I'm never going to see half these people anyway. They're never going to speak to me again. Like, it just doesn't matter. Who cares? Just keep it moving. Exactly. Exactly. So Sal, you're up. So what do you, I mean, just weigh in. What do you think when, you know, people are telling people who are on math or harm reduction or, cause you know, we've got to really, we've got to throw it all in together. There is you know, and, and I don't use her name because I don't know if she wants me to. I haven't asked. So there is a young lady on TikTok who, I mean, you can look at her and you can see she's healthy. She's living her life. You know, she's not hurting her parents anymore. She's not in danger of death. She's not lying. She's not stealing. And she went from being an IV heroin user to marijuana maintenance. So, you know, when I say, yeah, we started with Matt, but I'm just going to say any form, you know, of a harm reduction or um, medicinally, is it medicinally or medically? I always say it wrong. I know Nicole said it, and it was different than I say it. Medically assisted treatment, but then I think they call marijuana maintenance uh, medical marijuana, right? Okay. Yeah, there's so, that's what I mean. There's so much. So, but, so sale. Back to sale. <laughs> Anybody who is on harm reduction or MAT or whatever, and you know, somebody actually said, I don't know if it was to Nicole or whoever it was, but you know, the day you come off that, that's day one. So you're trying to tell her, you know, she it hasn't been since what 2015. So she, you know, so when you when you come off of it in 2024 or whatever, <laughs> I'm just making crap up, that's your day one. What do you think about that, Sal? Um, I think that that person heard it from another person that heard it from another person that heard it from another person, you know, and so it's like, it's that trickle effect that people are listening to other people, but in reality, that, that person is not 
in charge of Nicole's recovery, my recovery, Aaron's recovery or Mike's recovery or yours, you know? So at, at the end of the day, it's, if, if I'm okay with self and I'm, I'm living my life and I'm not doing what I used to do before, I'm okay with it. And I, I don't give a shit what you think. Like, but because we live and we work, we work on TikTok. It's not just a social media app. Right. We're working, you know, and we're and we're helping people and we run into these people daily, you know, whether it's in the DM, in the live or um, someone commenting on our videos, you know, and you just have to take a breath. And, and for me, like I pray for that person and what ends up happening uh, more often than not is that that person later on down the road is going to reach out and say, hey, how did you do it? You know? How'd you get to where you are now? And so um, there's a prime example of that that actually happened on TikTok. And I won't mention their name, but, you know, someone asked me questions. I gave them the tough love of the reality of the situation. That person blocked me, (laughs) called me names, and now tells me that they love me. You know what I mean? So I just try to stay consistent with the message of, of you know of recovery and 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 that message is this she's going to turn the light off sorry my daughter <laughs> the only requirement is a desire right and i stick with that exactly exactly thanks thanks sale all right nicole back to you our next question was and i can understand why why people would want to know this um how do you handle it when you get these nasty comments or uh, like the troll that we all at one point probably dealt with over the last like week and a half or, you know, how do you deal with it? You know, how do you deal with it? And I'm um, going to ask you too, Erin, because you're going to have a different perspe- uh, perspective. So when I first started sharing about being on Suboxone, it really hurt me. Like it affected me bad. I was, I, I thought I'm never going to tell my story again. I, I deleted my Facebook. This is back in 2016. And I was like, screw this. I'm not even going to try to help people. I'm just going to stop doing this. And it really affected me. But what happened was that lit a fire in my ass to get educated and learn everything I could about medication assisted treatment. And so now when people come at me, I come at with them with facts and education and I can literally argue somebody like till the cows come home um, about teaching them and trying to help them understand where I'm coming from and my experience with medication assisted treatment. And so sometimes I get a little out of pocket on TikTok where I'll respond to a comment, um, but I don't ever like cuss anybody out or like that. It's always like I'm coming at them with like, the facts about being on Suboxone long-term and how it's changed my life. And the proof is in within me and what, in my life and what I'm doing now and having my son back. And so you can't really argue that my life hasn't totally changed. You know what I mean? Um, so I try to educate people when they are commenting. And a lot of times it's because people don't understand. They have a misconception. They think when they hear the word medication assisted treatment, they think that, 
they're thinking old school, okay? So back in the methadone days, when and back in the methadone days when people were taking methadone and taking Xanax with it and being knotted out all the time, and that is their, their conception is that, oh, well, this is just like that, you know? And it's not, I support all medication-assisted treatment, but Suboxone is different than methadone because it's a partial opioid agonist. It's not a full, and um, it, it reaches a ceiling effect in your system. So like with methadone, you can keep going up and taking more and taking more. I could take six Suboxone strips right now, and it's not going to do anything to me, but give me a headache, man. It's not going to be a good experience. Right. Um, and that's what I don't think people understand. Really, the only way that you can take Suboxone and abuse it is if you're diverting your medication, not taking it every day or trying to shoot it up or something like that, you know, and that's what I don't think people understand is that taking it every day, you don't feel anything. It's absolute. I have no effect from it whatsoever. Um, and that's why I try to help people to understand because I think that they have that, they have, they have a misunderstanding, you know what I mean? Um, but back when I was first on it and I first got, you know, into my recovery, it really caused me a lot of harm. And I almost got off of Suboxone my first year because I was so upset and I was being judged by so many people. And I want to say something like, I know all of, uh, a lot of people are in the 12 steps, but a lot of people don't work the 12 steps. A lot of people are in those programs. And that's, that's the thing is like, we automatically assume that everybody is in a 12 step program, but that's not, there's so many new programs now that people are um, becoming, joining. And so <clears throat> That 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 whole like that assumption that abstinence is uh, is the goal and that everybody's trying to make it to that that's that's because we've only been taught that one way in twelve steps you know uh, and I was taught that way too so that's why it took me so long to adjust to being on suboxone and accept my own recovery because I was trying to do what everyone else told me to do because I wanted validation. I wanted other people to tell me, yeah, Nicole, you're doing a good job. You're sober. I'm proud of you, you know, and I had to become okay with myself and not look for that approval from other people, which is still hard because I still struggle with that because I'm a human being, you know what I mean? Right, right, right. So I want to, um, I'm going to change it up a little bit. I want to move to Aaron because not necessarily Matt, you know, but because you are six months in and, you know, we were talking about all the feels and you touched on it a little bit about, I want you to go into, because there's, there's going to be other people on TikTok or wherever who are new, their emotions are everywhere. And whether they're on, you know, uh, Matt or harm reduction or, 12 step abstinence, somebody commenting something, you know, they finally decide they see us and they're like, okay, I'm going to put myself out there. And some asshat comments, you know, I hope you overdose or why did you make that choice anyway? Or, and these things hit hard. I mean, the choice that you've all seen, you've all seen the choice thing that just eats my lunch. I just, I can't stand it. That still gets me, right? When you first started putting yourself out there and people came at you and you got negative comments, I want you to talk about how it affected you and it hurt you then and how 
you've, how do you not let it affect you now? Does gotcha. that make sense? Yep, it does. Okay. Um, yeah, so it took me a little while to do anything on TikTok, honestly. Um, and then when I finally did, it's it's crazy because people can do the same, you can do the same exact thing somebody else does and then you just get hate central where they got nothing, you know? One of my very first ones was um, my, I, I was doing like a my thing for drug court and oh man, did that sucker blow up with some serious hate. And I just wanted to go at everybody. I was pissed. Like I'm, I was an angry person. <laughs> um, like I, it didn't make me cry or anything like that. Like I wanted to take a baseball bat and go find where all these people lived. Um, it really pissed me off because I cared too much what other people thought way right. too much. I think we all go through that angry phase a little bit at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I really cared way too much what people thought. That was my problem. Um, you know, it was just anger for me. It really wasn't anything else. I'm like, who are these people? Why are they sitting here talking about me? Like, if you don't like it, go somewhere else. Like, find something else to look at. But no, you got to stop here and say some shit. Um, so yeah, angry. Angry was, I was angry about it all. And I got a lot of hate and I, you know, I would come back at them and I did a, a video to one and it was like, fuck you, <laughs> which got taken down due to, um, got community guidelines um of course but their comment to me that was just as shitty did not so you know it's just right. that whole thing however now it's it has changed so much for me and and I don't know why I guess you know I try to really be supportive of everybody I don't really get a lot of hate anymore at all um yeah they tend to give up yeah, I think so, because if you don't give it any fire, and this is what I've tried to tell people, because I've had people ask me, like, what do you do when this happens? Um, you don't give it any fuel. Don't add any fuel to the fire. If you do not respond to them, then they're obviously eventually going to give up. And that's pretty much, I think, really what happened, because I really, I honestly don't get much hate, you know, and I, I post like real stuff. Like I post my emotions. I will post when I'm crying. I post when I'm happy. I, whatever I put it on there and I really don't get any hate. It's a lot of love these days. And I love that. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that, it really is. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mike, so just kind of in general, with, you know, we're doing, we're doing a lot of the recover out loud and, you know, people are telling their stories and, uh, you know, it just sounds so to me, it still sounds so silly. It's not, but you know, people think social media and they're like, okay, you know, social TikTok. All right. But the recovery community on TikTok is amazing. I mean, for the most part, when you have Okay, when you have thousands of people in one place, you're gonna get a little bit of drama. But for the most part, it's supportive and it's helping people and it's reaching people. I know I'll bet, I'll put money that every one of us on here has gotten a comment or a message talking about how you've helped me so much, you've saved my life. You know, I have a week clean 
because of you, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And so Mike, what do you say to somebody who might still be, you know, kind of in, in the shadows wants, you know, wants to participate, but is afraid, is afraid of the hate, is afraid of being judged. You know, what do you, what, what do you say to them? Um, you know, <clears throat> and I just want to real, real quick touch on, you know, the comments and the hate and stuff. Oh, yeah, I surprisingly, I surprisingly don't get much. I've gotten a little bit here and there. Um, Dude, look, I think the, who is going to come at you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. They're behind us. <laughs> they're behind the screen. Right. Exactly. So like, that's the thing. And like, and you could voice your opinion. That's okay. Listen, I appreciate your opinion. And and listen, I've had to tame my tongue on many occasions or my fingers or whatever you want to call it. Right. Um, you know, but and I I and if it if it if it comes up, you know, I try my best to respond in an educational way. Um, you know, and like Nicole said, it's like this old way of this old way of recovery, this old way of thinking, and people are fixated on that when times change, drugs have changed, like everything has changed. Uh, it's a whole new game out there now. And, um, you know, like, and so I like, listen, I'll be the first to tell you, like, I, I, I'm spiritual, but I'm still hood. So like, that means like, pray with me, don't play with me. You know what I mean? Like I won that all the time. Yeah, I'm telling you, like, that's my favorite thing. Seriously. Um, and, and I try my best. Um, but if I like, I, but I'm going to voice my opinion back to you. You know what I mean? Um, sometimes I'll, I just won't, I just won't even give it the, the time or the effort it takes. But I, I feel like it, like, sometimes I feel like things do need to be said. And if they're coming from an ignorant place and saying these things from an uneducated aspect, um, you know, I try my best to at least at least make them try to think differently. At least maybe have them a little more open-minded to possibly change their perspective. If they don't, they don't, whatever. That's, that, that's it. Um, right. You know, like I've had, I, I, I had a video out and had, when, when I lost someone from an overdose that I was personally working with not too long ago um, and, and, and died from overdose. And, uh, you know, I was really going through it. It really hit home for me with this one. And, um, you know, cause it continuously happens. It's going to continue to happen, but this one really hit home. And, um, you know, on that video I made, because I'm just like Aaron, like I, I put what I'm going through up there in post uh, because I want people to know that they're not alone if they feel that same way, because I suffer from severe mental health and PTSD also. Um, so when I'm going through those moments, I'll make posts about it uh, and be vulnerable and do that because I want people to know that they're not alone no matter how much time they got, no matter where they are, like it doesn't matter. There right. are other people that suffer from it um, and just let them know that I'm here, too. And if you want to talk about it, let's talk about it. Um, but, uh, and so, yeah, what was your original question? I'm sorry, I went on a rant. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was the, to the people who are afraid of those comments. Oh yeah. You know? So, I mean, listen, saying? for me, you know, I have to recover out loud. I have to. Um, and luckily I'm in a position and, and in the field of where that's okay. You know, if anything, it brings value to the table of what I do anyway. Um, you know, not everyone's in that situation. Some people are in professions where it's looked at, it's looked down upon, um, you know, things like, so I can understand their anonymity and not want to speak about it and not want to talk about it. For me, just what I went through and the depths that I've been to and just the hell that I've been through and all the pain, like I had to turn that pain into purpose and turn around and I have to use that. And I have to use the voice that I've been given. Like, you know, most part of my, you know, most, you know, my whole story. Um, you know, and my voice was literally taken from me. I couldn't walk, talk or write. So like now that I'm able to do all these things, I've been able to take all these things and completely change them into a positive way. 
um, and not care, frankly, not give a shit about what anybody says, um, because I know if I can reach that one, I've done my job. You know what I mean? And those comments that we do get, that's what it's all about. South said it like it becomes work on TikTok. It truly does. You know what I mean? It, 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 it's not like just posting for fun anymore because the DMs are insane. My mm -hmm. EMs are my, my emails nuts. Like it's really hard to keep up. But those little comments you get that say, you know, thank you is because of you. I'm at seven days or thank you. I made the decision to go to treatment tomorrow. Like that's what it's about. Um, and if anyone's struggling with even open up, opening up about it, but see us on there on that platform where it had to have Zoom meetings, like just show up, stop in the lives, just listen. You don't even have to, you don't even have to comment. You know, just see what we do and see how, like, we're having fun still and we're helping others. Like, and people are, and they might see someone that they personally relate to, relate to in their exact situation that's talking about it and see how a whole group will just shut down a conversation and just swarm them with love and help them overcome that situation. And I think them seeing that is a game changer. So, like, what I would say to those people is, it's okay. Like, if you're uncomfortable, you don't, it's okay. Just show up. Just, just suit up and show up. See what others have to say. Pop in on a Zoom, keep your screen off, stay muted, whatever you want to do, and just listen and see what happens. Um, you know, that's really what my best suggestion would be is just is just show up and give it a shot. Like, if you ever want to talk about it, you don't have to talk about it on a big platform. Like, I know most of us, we put our emails out there. We put phone numbers out there, like, to personally reach out and speak one-on-one. -on -one. It doesn't have to be, um, you know, blown up by social media or put on the Internet. Like, I'll gladly take a phone call or a text message or an email and speak to someone on a one-on-one -on -one basis completely confidentially, you know? Exactly. And I've noticed so. too, um, and I think you said something about this uh, a few sentences back. If somebody talks crap, say on a post Nicole makes, okay? Nicole doesn't really have to say anything because about 20 other recovering addicts are gonna swarm in on her page so true. and do it for her, you know? So true. Because it's a, it's a family, it's a support system, you know? And um, yeah, I, you know what? I'm gonna move over to Sal and same question about the comments, Sal. Um, but also I want you to talk about, because we talked about this earlier, whatever you're doing, Whatever recovery you are in, the support system. I want you to talk about having the support system. But if you want to um, weigh in on the comments thing, feel free to do that also. Um, as far as the comments are concerned, um, I get tagged in comments all the time, good, bad, or different. <laughs> and, uh, you know, sometimes I'll just hit the little heart button and keep my little butt going. You know, because like people have said already, not everything merits a response. Um, but I love the the come ups and like like you said, people will swarm in and, and answer for them um, because of the love. And uh, it's literally changed my life. So um, support system goes like this in my house. Uh, my wife supports my recovery. She's given me the, she gave me the tough love I needed. My mom was an enabler. My family is full of addicts and people that are severely chemically imbalanced with depression and other issues. I am the only one in recovery aside from my uncle who's um, 
he just quit. Just <laughs> up and put Budweiser down. Thirty years later, he's sober and and nothing else. I don't, I don't get his kind. These people are amazing, aren't they? Like, <laughs> what is this magic? I'm, I'm done. Right. Argument with my wife. You know, uh, maybe she threatened that she wouldn't make his favorite pasta anymore. I don't know, <laughs> but um. <laughs> Uh, you know, it, it, the support is huge. Um, I, I think, and, and what I see a lot of people um, on social media, they they don't have it. And so they need us. They right. need us to support them. And so like somebody will type something to me in my DM and I'm like, I love you. Like I have to, I have to tell them because I'm, I'm trying to give away what was so freely given and someone may have not heard those words in so long. And then what I do is, is I follow, I follow those words up with action. So now I'm trying to be their support system and be their cheerleader and, and do everything I can within my power to help that person gain what, what I've gained and, and what we've gained in recovery <laughs> Um, but yeah, in my immediate household, um, you know, my wife gave me tough love and, and an ultimatum, you know, and that, that scared me straight. I didn't want to be divorced and, uh, and I, and, and I, and I, and I was willing to do whatever it took, you know, and, um, yeah, that support is huge. That's just, that woman's <laughs> a saint. I know your story. <laughs> She's awesome. Yes. Yes. But I, I, it's unfortunate for the people who don't have support, you know, whether they've burned all their bridges or they don't even have family left. You know, maybe they've all passed on, you know, there's no, uh, there's no start or stop age of coming into recovery. Um, you know, so you, you can be 70 years old and want to get and get this thing. And, and you can be, I've seen as people as young as 13, 14 years old, get this thing. Right. And so, yeah, it, it's crazy. It's crazy. So yeah, support systems are huge and um, networks, you know, I always encourage people to, to reach out, you know, to the people, especially on social media, because think of it like this, we had to adjust our recovery because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And so we went, you know, in, in my case, I went from the rooms to the Zooms. That's, I say it all the time. Like I went from rooms to Zooms and uh, I just started typing on the internet, Zoom meetings uh, for 24 hour. And I would jump in, I would jump in and and then uh, I inadvertently got on TikTok because of my kids. And they had it and I got it. And then I found you guys. And, uh, you know, the rest is history. I mean, I am 100% on fire for recovery more than I have ever been in, you know, more than seven years. Maybe my first year because, you know, but, but you know, like, like we've talked about before, that pink cloud never has to mm-hmm. end. It doesn't have to end, you That's know, true. and I found it again. And the more people you have around you, you know, everybody's not going to be down and going through crap at the same time. So when you're going through something, there are going to be all these people. I mean, if, if I made a video right now, or even a post on Facebook that said, I'm feeling like drinking, I'm feeling this, I guarantee you, I will get so many comments and so many DMs and, you know, just telling me, why I shouldn't and how much I'm worth. And it's amazing. You know, people laugh at social media, but it can be, if you use it right, a powerful, powerful 
tool. It really can. And, you know, something you said, Sal, reminded me of something that I would hear when I was in NA all the time. I'm not in a 12-step program, but you guys know I love 12-step. I love all the programs. <laughs> Pretty easy to please. Um, but they would say, you know, all the time, we will love you until you learn to love yourself. And I think that is so powerful so powerful like we will fill the gap until you figure out how to do it yourself and that's awesome it's awesome you know that is just so powerful it gives me goosebumps um so it is about 8:26. so what i'm gonna do is we're just gonna go right down the line like uh nicole mike aaron sale and I just want any final thoughts, whether it's on TikTok recovery, you want to say something to, you know, newcomers or people in recovery, MAT, whatever it is, just some final thoughts before we go. Go ahead, Nicole. Um, don't let anybody discourage you from reaching out and doing what works for you. And if you're somebody that's in medication assisted treatment, um, there's a really awesome um, program called Mara. Medication Assisted Recovery Anonymous, and it's a new 12-step. It's We have 12 steps and 12 traditions, but we're not like affiliated with Alcoholics Anonymous or Narcotics Anonymous, but there's like two to three Zoom meetings every single night, and there's meetings in real life, almost in all 50 states, I think, and so all you got to do is go to marainternational.org, and you guys can check out those meetings, or you can message me, and I can send you the link if you need it, but just do what works for you, and don't worry about what other people think, because at the end of the day, they don't have to live your life, so that's all. Amen. <laughs> yes. All right, Mike, your turn. So, you know, I would just say, um, you know, like Nicole said, don't let anybody, uh, Listen, if anyone has an expectation of where they, how they think you should recover or where they think you should go, or look, these people are saying it from the sidelines, uh, or, or the 700 level on the bleachers, like they don't have to walk in your shoes. You live in your skin. Um, you need to do what works for you, whatever that may be. Try your best, uh, you know, not to let the judgment, if there is any, discourage you from finding you and who you authentically are and love yourself. Uh, that's what really it's about. And just to remind people that, you know, recovery is a marathon. It's not a race. Uh, it doesn't have a finish line. Uh, it just doesn't, you know, and really it's not. And, and don't compare yourself if, you know, and also, you know, eliminate the word just out of your vocabulary like i just have seven days no that's yes. a huge fucking accomplishment period um like if you got a day that's huge you don't just have a day you have a day like that's amazing that's an accomplishment you know especially from where most of us come from and uh you know don't compare don't compare your recovery to anyone else's either it's your path not anyone else's stay in your lane uh don't pay attention to the person that's a mile ahead of you because it doesn't matter just focus on your next step and that's it and just stay plugged in uh, and build a strong support network and a foundation. My foundation, you know, was crumbled and cracked, um, you know, and that's where, you know, my disease seeps through. And uh, but it's also those same cracks that God signs his light through uh, that came through and, and, and got me to where I am. And it's because of people in these programs and outside of these programs that just truly, genuinely care and want to see you do better. And those are the people that I need to surround myself with, and I recommend you guys do the same. Well said. Well said. All right, Aaron. I'm going to go with a little bit of the cliches here since I am an A queen. 
Um, They're cliche <laughs> for a reason. <laughs> um, I would say stick with the winners. Stick and stay. Stick in the mid. Get in the middle. Um, find people that have what you want. Um, do not worry about what people think or that judge you for the way you do your recovery, because that's something within them. That's not something for you to carry. So keep moving forward. Do not look back. Remember that past, but don't live there. Um, and for God's sakes, if you are feeling a certain type of way, please don't think you are burdening somebody else. Reach out to somebody because chances are you are reaching out to somebody for a reason. And that's probably to get them out of themselves to help you. Do not think you're a burden because you're not. That is why we are all here to help each other. Reach out if you have a problem, feel like using, if there's something going on, talking about it. Sal always says this and I always, I steal it from him all the time. Mm-hmm. It dies in the light, in the light of exposure. Let that shit out. Mm-hmm. That's right. And, I, and, and if nobody's told you all today, I love you and a damn thing you can do about it. <laughs> nice. Nice. All right, Sal, final thoughts. Well, um, <laughs> I had all this time to think about it and now I'm like, um, you know, we love you. All of you that are watching, all of you that are going to watch, we'll meet you where you are. We've been there. We've done that. Um, I always try to try and tell people to remember of being a child before their drug habit to release and find that inner child. Because I think in the end of the day, that's all we ever want is that happiness to come out and showcase itself. And uh, each and every day, just try your best if you can, to be the most authentic version of you. And for all of you that are watching right now and to to watch in the future, hopefully you've survived 100% of your worst days. If you're watching right now, you have. And um, with that, peace out. Thank you so much. Uh, Nicole, Mike, Sal, Aaron, thank you all so much. So much for being here. Everybody on the live stream, thank you so much for watching. Um, everybody on the TikTok live facing the computer, thank you so much for sticking it out. And that is going to do it for our very first round table on the recovery scene. It was awesome. Thank you all so, so much.